All right, welcome back to Uncommon Communion. I'm Jonathan Goss. I'm Stephanie Arnold. All right, Stephanie and I just got done interviewing Jen Hatmaker and Nicole Nordman, yep. and it was great. It was. It's going to be really, really good. Just relax. They were. They were chill, and um, there's a surprise in there, a surprise gift that mm-hmm. we gave them that Stephanie um, hooked everyone up with. It was great. Um, so they are here on the Moxie Matters tour. And they're talking about life and vulnerability, and sometimes life is hard, and you have to talk about those, all those things. And it's really geared towards women, right? Yeah, yeah. I think they get, what, like a couple of minutes <laughs> Right. <show? laughs> um, and when we were talking to them, uh, one of the questions that I threw out, because I grew up in a denomination that didn't allow women to be preachers, um, had to do with women in leadership, and... Thinking through, like, Jen has a podcast that I listen to several episodes, and thinking through really women in 2018, um, I I started thinking about the story of Ruth and Naomi, Mm. which was one of the first sermon series we did when you got appointed here. The first. That's what I thought. The The first. first. I have a really good memory. When Blake was like, hey, I'm going to need to make a bumper. (laughs) And I didn't know what that was. You were like, what's a bumper? What's a bumper? but it's, I also read that same scripture last summer when I was at Camp Simakatsanga with students. And that sentiment of uh, when Ruth tells Naomi, where you go, I'm going to mm-hmm. go. And your people are my people. And your God's my God. And that sense of two women doing that together. And then you think through the, the women in scripture that were in the ministry of Jesus and the role they played. Um, I just think it's about time that men just like wake up and get woke to the fact that like <laughs> women always been leading it. They kind of have. I mean, but, yeah. I, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we got a ways to go uh, for men to get woke to that uh, in all segments of of life. But. I agree, uh, but I guess the story of Naomi and Ruth, while it spoke to me, is because it's just prophetic. Yeah, you know, really, it, it doesn't matter your gender. Um, that should be what we tell each other all the time Mm -hmm. is where you go, I'm going to go. Because we have to do this together because life is hard. We a mess. Um, That's what Jen's book that they decided to do this tour off of is... Mess and Moxie. Mess and Moxie, yeah. And uh, life is a mess at times. And you have to do it with each other. And that means we need everyone doing it with each other. And you can't exclude someone based on their sexuality, based on their gender, based on the box you have put them in. Yep. And and I think, I'm assuming, I've, I've listened to some of the sound bites from this tour that that's a message that they want people that are coming to hear. Yeah, it sure sounds like it. And I, I really appreciate that they are courageous enough, given the platforms they are, to, to raise some of those tough questions. Another one of our priorities um, to to be authentic about what they believe instead of just say whatever they think mainstream Christianity wants to hear. Mm. Um, and I love how how easily they relate that back to say, you know, this is not an outlier kind of sentiment or theology. This is gospel. Mm. And I think just, just like you'll hear her say um, for herself when Jen says, you know, when more people start standing up and saying that publicly, then we can see um, the tide change. Yeah. Well, you're going to hear a really good podcast. I feel like this is this is the best one of the day. Like, yep. I'm going to say that every episode. Okay. 
Okay. Best one. Best one. Best one. We've Best done. surprise for sure. Best surprise, definitely. Um, anything else, Pastor Steph? I'm just ready to go to the Moxie Matters tour. All right. Well, hope you guys enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome to Uncommon Communion is the name of our podcast. And thank you, Jen Hatmaker, Nicole Norman, and I'm also joined by Stephanie Arnold. Uh, we have a gift for y'all. We do. First, that we're going to just surprise you. So first we have T-shirts and a little art what do you call this, Stephanie? Well, it's like a painted block. So we, Manna and Mercy is kind of the theology that we Thank use you. around here, and they have really beautiful drawings throughout it, and so many of our church members have painted um, oh. pieces of writing from the book as well as the, the pictures of the trees I and stuff. That. And so Thank we give you. those out to first-time visitors. Thank Manna you. And You're so welcome. And I love the title of this podcast, Uncommon Community. Right. How great is that? How great is Thanks. that? <laughs> Thank you. Thank but you the guys. best gift. So we heard um, when y'all made the announcement you were coming to Birmingham, yeah. which we were really, really excited about, that that you, you chose to do that and sought out our church. But we heard that you thought Birmingham might be synonymous with bacon, um, and so I have to say this morning when I was cooking for my children, Stop it. I might've made a little bacon. You did not. You brought I made, a tub of bacon. I made candy bacon. Stop. I know about this. Stephanie's so, a really good okay, chef so, as well. Positively this is my have, favorite podcast ever yeah. for yes. all time. And it's just Quoting started. On that. So we thought we'll just put bacon in the middle of the table yes, and sure eat so and right. talk. And yeah. It feels so right and Southern. Oh, this is <laughs> so there welcome and love right now. <laughs> my kids this morning were like, is it done yet? Is it done yet? It really mm. takes a long time. Now, why does it take, what, do you, what happens with candy so you, bacon? So you do it in the oven. Mm-hmm. So you like, and what, the way I did it, you do like um, a cooling rack and you put it on a baking dish yep. with yep. foil underneath it. And then it was like rice vinegar, brown sugar, maple syrup, mm. and pepper. Awesome. Okay. And you start the bacon in the oven, but then you have to flip it, and then you start basting you it. it. Like Girl. every five minutes for like okay. 40 minutes. That's like a spiritual s- practice. Spiritual. Yeah. Fun fact about me, bacon's my love language. I, is it? It mm. is. So I eat a lot of bacon. You're welcome. I actually do. Yeah. You're welcome. Yes, the basting. You. It's the basting. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That is perfect. So it was a little crispier this morning, but I didn't trust myself to be able to pull that off and mm-hmm. no, no. get here on no. so. But I will tell you that we're leaving with that bacon. All right. You yeah. Yeah. So yes, you are. I want you just <laughs> to know Say goodbye that to your Tupperware that's walking out the door with us. We just wanted to set the standard. I know this is the end of your tour, but from now on... Um, you can kind of measure everything by did they offer me candy bacon? And when the answer is no, you'll remember first church right. was the best. You're right. Incredibly <laughs> fair assessment. Oh my gosh. So, that's so uh, good. just to jump in, uh, so book writing, speaker, author, uh, singer songwriter was, I mean, I can remember when I was in high school, yeah. you were making Christian music. Yep. Mm. What led you both kind of into these avenues of what you're doing now? Mm-hmm. You want to start? Sure. Um, you know, for me, uh, music was just a second language that was uh, just spoken in my house forever since I was little. My mom's an incredible vocalist and pianist, and I just I did all the things growing up, right? So piano lessons and choir, and um, I was just a music nerd forever. Uh, and I f- discovered probably early in college that I might know how to write music. Like I just started dabbling in songwriting oh, mm-hmm. myself, but I didn't have any desire to do this for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, I really didn't. I, I was, I'm pretty A-type and kind of a linear personality, so 
my creative friends felt very flighty to me. Like, I don't mm. want that like, kind of... Like, what is of, your life plan? Right, <laughs> right, right. Like, uh-huh. they How would just sort of wander around, mm-hmm. right, head in the clouds and scribbling ideas on cocktail napkins. And I was like, no, thank you. Mm. So I my sort of calling is so random because I feel like I just was constantly saying no, no, no. Every time God would open a door musically, I'd be like, thanks, but no, and keep trying to find other things to do until I just finally got tired and Mm -hmm. said yes and then felt like I was very much at home in in making music. Awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a yeah. good story. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I have loved your music for uh, forever. Thank you. Um, I might have been listening quite regularly, knowing this was coming to Small Enough. Oh. That's like one of my favorites. Oh, thank you. It really is. Thank I know you. that's like a throwback. <clears throat> that's, um, a, that's a ways back. But um, oh, I loved it. I loved it. I, I love the lyrics of it now, but I loved yeah. it. Well, 15? Easily. Years mm, 15, ago? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. How about you? Um, I, I feel like an accidental writer, honestly. I was a, um, I didn't, that's not what I studied. It wasn't my ambition. I, I was a teacher. I taught fourth grade. Oh, good Lord. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know God anoint the teachers. Um, but I, when I, when I sort of took a, a breather with all the babies that I was having um, consecutively. Um, How many kids do you have? Well, now I have five. That's just a lot. Um, <laughs> but I, I, my husband was a pastor, so I worked a lot in church just in the way anybody does, volunteering and teaching your small group. And he was a student pastor, so I had tons of kids all the time. But um, I sort of drifted into writing primarily because I felt like I had something to say. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that I – nobody was asking me to write a book. That's what I'm getting at. Right. Nobody said, please sit down and put your fingers on a laptop and write mm-hmm. us words. Um, and so – I didn't know if that was just going to be a one-off. Well, frankly, I didn't know what any what would happen with it at all. I suspected that I might just use it in my own church or in my own ministry. And then when that manuscript took flight, um, that is when I realized, oh my gosh, I think this is a path. I'm. Mm-hmm. I think this is a thing. Mm-hmm. And then people started saying, "Can you um, come speak at our event?" And I was like do you think I can? Like, did (laughs) did somebody tell you that I can do that? Um, Writing and speaking is very conflated. And so um, that is my very secondary skill set. I really had to develop that part. That is still not supernatural to me. And, um, but the writing part I love. And so I, I never take it for granted that I get to do what I love to do the very, very most. It feels very special to me. I'm so glad to do it. So I'm, I'm writing as we speak. Awesome. I was writing on the tour bus this mm-hmm. morning. But so you really went from not writing to like, I'm going to write a book. I'm a writer. I know. It seems absurd when I hear you say that's that to me. That's overwhelming to me. I know. And my kids at the time were one, three, and five. So how oh dare gosh. I? Like, how dare I? How did I? you have time to do that? I don't that? know. I, and that is an honest answer. I, when I try to think back at how did I get that thing written, I am unsure. <laughs> um, and did you know someone who would publish? I mean, like, oh no! Oh gosh! Oh no! I knew nothing. Like I knew absolutely I'm fascinated nothing. By I knew that. no one. I didn't know what I was doing. Now I know you're not necessarily supposed to write a book first. You're. Just I just did everything deal. backwards. Mm-hmm. Well, it worked. And then I was like, <laughs> I wonder what one does with words she has written. Um, <laughs> and so anyway. I, I sort of stumbled into this work, but it is so precious to me, and I love it. Mm. Wow. Cool. So what do you, you're writing now, you've got the platform. I mean, what is it you feel, 
you said you felt like you had something to say. Mm -hmm. So what is it today that you feel like you have to mm -hmm. say? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I wrote my first book in 2004. So, you know, it's 15 years ago, and I have um, changed monumentally in those, thank goodness. Mm -hmm. I hope in 15 years from now, I, I'm looking back I at how totally I am in 2018 going, oh, I didn't know anything about mm -hmm. anything. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, um, but I, I do feel, I am sort of a um, deep, I'm a person of like just deep conviction and big feelings. And um, so I'm, I hope that whatever I have felt at the time, I've gone all the way into. But now it's just a really interesting time to be a human person. You know, mm. it's, a, it's a strange time. Nicole and I talk about this all the time, but um, we're in need of leadership right yeah. now. We are in grave need of leadership back to one another, back to our neighbors, um, back to some sort of old-fashioned idea of the common good. Mm. Um, and this sort of kingdom of Jesus, which still feels upside down. Mm -hmm. Like it was when he said it, and here we are all these centuries later, and it still is. Um, and so, you know, what now almost sounds like radical outlier talk yeah. is just gospels talk. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, so true. <laughs> uh, that's where I'm at, and I am in the, it's a strange position to feel like an outlier to be pretty into a lot of Jesus's ideas about um, neighbors and 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 immigrants mm -hmm. and refugees and um, our communities but here we are yeah so um, this is why Nicole and I are such good partners how did, and, and the team that we work with we met um, years ago Jen and I were both kind of on the speaking singing circuit at women of faith They've since retired that um, conference, but we were so privileged for years to be under the leadership and mentorship, really, of just some amazing women at this conference. Um, and I think I think that's how we originally met. You were speaking on the same weekend that I was singing. And yes, that was. That of was course, that. I knew who Nicole was. And likewise, I'm not a yeah. maniac. Likewise, <laughs> um, and so that was it. Was exciting to to meet her for the first time, and then. As we sort of parlayed into the next season, we just said, could we build something together? Mm -hmm. And and that was really exciting because uh, she and I have both talked about we've we've hitched our wagon to a lot of other people's rides. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think I got that metaphor quite right. You got hitched it. Hitched our wagon to a horse. You hitched your ride what is to a wagon. <laughs> You hitched something to Can you follow what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yes, I get it. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the metaphor went a little bit sideways, but um, <laughs> this we the Moxie Matters Tour we built from scratch, and and we dreamed it up together, and we had this team who essentially just gave us two thumbs up at every turn. Absolutely. Can we do this? Yes. Can I say this? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you guys, can we have the ideas and you guys sort it out? Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. that is what, this is our last event of the whole tour. Wow. And so it feels really emotional for Very us. Very emotional. Wow. Well, I I was so impressed um, that y'all asked to come here. Mm -hmm. I mean, and just thinking about the people that are going to come tonight. Um, mm -hmm. For us at First Church, it felt like such a good thing because I, I don't know that y'all, if y'all have seen our six priorities that we have. Mm -hmm. We read okay. a little bit about that okay. earlier. Mm -hmm. So let's see if we can together if we can do it. Out. Uh -huh. I know, right? Yeah. So we, we practice hospitality. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, we seek diverse diversity, community. to have diverse community, uh, inclusive yep. community. Uh, we do justice. Mm -hmm. We are authentic. And then we ask, ask tough, tough questions. questions. Yes. That's great. Nice so job. Nailed it. Nice job. Hearing that y'all were interested in coming here, to me that 
I, what I felt like really resonated with us, number one was the authenticity. Mm-hmm. Um, that if you're going to talk about life mm-hmm. and the mess that comes with it, because it's, you can't be perfect. That's it can't right. be, you know, the, the daydream that you, that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, blank. <laughs> Bracelets. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then the whole idea of inclusivity mm. and asking tough questions, mm. what we knew of y'all that seemed to really be a part of what our community is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what, what would you say, talk some about just the cost that has come with for y'all leaning into those mm-hmm. aspects mm-hmm. of your, your tour and your life, you know, just sharing authentically who you are and who you love and, and mm-hmm. how that's been for y'all. You want to start? You go. Okay. Um, we actually talk about that some tonight. That, that's Great. kind of a little bit part of the program. And, and there's cost built in when that's your value base. There just is. And so I think it's um, it's good for the community to say up front, this is a worthy mission, and it has some built-in opposition to it, mm-hmm. and it's going to have a built-in cost. All of it, really everything you said, every single one of the six. Um, and so I don't know that I could fairly pick up one of your things that's my favorite because I would say those um, ideologies are literally what has driven this conference. Mm-hmm. Would you say top to bottom? Absolutely. I mean, Every single one. Inclusivity and authenticity, asking tough questions, which we do. Um, hospitality. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, these, this is the, these are the words we say. This mm-hmm. is literally, you'll hear. Yeah. This is what we talk about all night long. And so um, I'm just convinced, you will not convince me otherwise, that this is not our path forward. Mm-hmm. I right. am absolutely convinced of it. And um, Nicole and I have been so lucky and privileged to host so many women who have come to this tour over the course of its three seasons who are outliers in a thousand ways. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. in a thousand mm-hmm. ways um, where their, the hard questions that they ask, who they are, who they love, mm-hmm. what their history is or isn't has been a deal breaker for them, mm-hmm. kind of in a traditional Christian space. And so we, we literally say all the time, yeah. we freaking love these people. Like mm-hmm. I'm so, we're so honored that they trust us. They they bring their friends, mm-hmm. and you know their friends walk in the door like I don't know right. about this Christian mm-hmm. lady space. <laughs> um, <laughs> but those are, I think those are our goals too, wouldn't you say? Absolutely, I think um, you know one of the things that has just jumped out at me this whole tour, and also just being here at your church, the hospitality is a big one for me. Mm-hmm. Like I just think um, the way that you guys are making space in such generous ways for everybody mm-hmm. just lands in a deep place for me. And I, you know, I've mm-hmm. told Jen, I spent this past summer um, doing house concerts, doing these house shows um, for people who might just not feel like they have a home anywhere, mm-hmm. but they love Jesus and they love each other and they want everybody gathered around their table. And it's been incredibly humbling to literally be sitting in these people's homes around their actual tables, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to find common language and mm-hmm. inclusivity. And so what you guys are doing is you've, you've created such a safe space and we're just so honored to get to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Are you talking about kind of being amazed at how people can trust you? I mean, that, that's what I think for us, it feels like a lot on Sunday. We really do. Uh, First church attracts a, a hurting population mm-hmm. who has not, um, has not felt welcomed or mm-hmm. not felt accepted for who they are or mm-hmm. has been 
seriously wounded. wounded. And, yeah. and so when I think about the courage that it takes for somebody, particularly to walk into a building like what y'all are going to be speaking in tonight, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, there's no mistaking that that's, that's a church. A church. Yeah. Um, yeah. And when, when church symbolizes something for you that has been um, anti or painful right. or whatever, then the courage to come back in it, whether it's a concert or a speaking event yeah. or a Sunday morning, it's, it's huge. No doubt. Um, it we takes, meet those women every single night. Uh-huh. Yeah. Never, never stops humbling me. It's yep. incredible. Like that. Well, I, I, I think that the gospel gives us the truth of who the church is to be mm-hmm. and who we're called to be. So, so a question would be, how do we get there? Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like the things you all are talking about, the issues that you lean into, like those are the people that Jesus were like hanging out with, ministering to. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. how do we do that? I know that's yeah. a big question, mm-hmm. but I think we have to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it has a simple answer or a pat answer, but uh, for for me in my life, what I've learned is that it requires both a, a, a it's a it's a private factor. It's also a public factor, meaning um, you know you have to be living it. You, you mm-hmm. can't just talk about it. You know, you have to be living that story, and so um, that means who's around your actual table, who are your friends, who are you inviting to your home and into your space, and um, you know what is the sort of exposure you have to the sort of depth and breadth of God's people. So there is this real life component that can't be duplicated because that is what that's really what breaks down our internal barriers more than ideology or just Twitter. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a as you say, how do we do this? Like, how do we move the needle forward, really? There has to be a public factor, too. Like, at some point, somebody has to stand by their people and say, no, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yes. And these people are included, and right. we protect this group. And these are brothers and sisters. These are not enemies. And and so I think that, that that's a piece that takes quite a bit of courage, um, and probably where a lot of the cost is built in. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it's only an ever silent affirmation, I'm not sure how we're gonna how we're gonna turn the tide. And so I do think eventually um, that sort of that piece has to be made public where we stand proudly um, with the folks that Jesus would have, which we know for sure because that's exactly what he did. That's right. Well, I really appreciate you saying that. I, I also appreciate that that you have done some of that. And I know that, um, like when you affirmed uh, gay marriage, yeah. that that came at a cost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I completely agree with what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And to see people like you and others, I mean, there, there have been a number of others who will step out mm-hmm. and, and who are willing to say, yes, I'm going to do this. Yes, I'm going to still be. Mm-hmm. Um, I am still a, a Christian author, a Christian mm-hmm. musician. And yet these people are included. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think there are a lot of people who silently believe that. Mm, I know. And yet, you know, um, they they wait in that middle space. Mm-hmm. But there, I, I think there is a way to to be more public about who you love and still be respectful and graceful mm-hmm. to people who do not see it the way you mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. Um, and get out of that middle middle place where you're where it just feels real safe to be totally. ambiguous about yeah. what the gospel really means mm. to you. I lived in that middle space for quite a while. I I understand the compulsion to stay there. Mm -hmm. I really do. Um, One thing that, one practice that sort of helps me discern how and when to move forward um, and how and when to pull something to the forefront is 
this just mental shift, which is figuring out how to center my friends on the margins as opposed to my own perspective. Because mm-hmm. it's a big change. Um, when I center my own perspective, then it means I also center my own position and privilege. And mm-hmm. I, I, what I become is self-protective. Um, but that's when I'm in the middle of the bullseye. But when I center my friends and the communities that are being maligned or excluded or mischaracterized, that is a game changer for me. Mm -hmm. Because if I am that person, I am praying to God that somebody stands up for me in public, that somebody doesn't prioritize their own self-protection rather than defending my community. So that helps. It doesn't make it easy, Mm -hmm. but it helps me know what to do Mm -hmm. and what to say. Yeah. So I grew up in a denomination that didn't allow women to be pastors. Same. And, you know, as someone who works with students, um, I think the message that sends our young girls is, you know, there's, there's this ceiling, and this is as high as you can go in this place, and there's always going to be a man in power. Mm. And obviously today, that is much different. Um, I, I'm at a church where we, our senior pastor is a woman mm-hmm. and um, does a really good job. And so there, I think there are so many women that come wanting to hear something from both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, I think c- the culture today, our society today, um, these things are coming unearthed. So w- what are you kind of leaning into and sharing with, with women that need to hear a positive message? Well, I mean, I think we're sharing a lot of different things. Thank you for what you just said. You know, I feel like there is such a shift happening um, in women leadership across the country in churches and in general, mm-hmm. and it's thrilling. Like, totally. we just saw somebody last night at our show came with a T-shirt that said the future is female, mm-hmm. and we all wished we were, were wearing it. Yeah. It's just... Um, you know, but but I think it's also important that that doesn't become kind of a position that is contrarian just mm-hmm. by the need to sort of be anti what mm-hmm. it's been. Um, so I think real leadership in from women is um, hopefully what we're doing a little bit of mm-hmm. on this tour is is being vulnerable and being authentic, which you know you were just talking about is such a huge part of a priority for your own church, like leading from a place of um, transparency, mm-hmm. which can mean woundedness and brokenness. And we talk a lot about pain tonight, mm-hmm. you know, and it so it doesn't feel like a big rah-rah, wave the female flag leadership moment. It more feels like we want to lead from a place of real mm-hmm. and from a place of humility, um, which is, I feel like, what Jesus modeled always, mm-hmm. servant leadership. Um, and that applies you know, whatever your gender is, you, totally. that's for all of us to lead from that place. So I hope that's what we're bringing to I this I think evening. you're right. And I think naturally embedded in that sort of posture is authority. And so, you know, when we were talking about a, a question of authority, kind of as you mentioned earlier, what women are capable of holding or not, um, to me it's the integrity of that kind of leadership that is not just looking to burn it all down, right? but rather lead with the utmost like dignity and honor. And I think when, when women see that as an example, it is it, the authority in it, it's implied. Mm-hmm. You sense it in the room. There yeah. is no need to stamp it or to declare it in a million different ways. Rather, we just stand in it. That's right. We just stand in it. And I think it, 
I think it, it um, serves the room well. That's good. So I saw you did a podcast. I don't know how long ago it was, but um, where you're talking about the Enneagram. No, oh, gosh. <laughs> Listen, we could nerd out all how day. How much time do we have? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. So we all tell us what your numbers are. Mm. Go ahead. I am a nine um, with a one wing. Yep. So I don't do conflict. Right. Uh, and I want everyone to be happy all the time, especially <laughs> with me. <laughs> and But I also have a strong sense of um, what is right. Yep. And so that those two things, when they're in conflict, are very in conflict. Mm. Like mm. I don't want I don't you to, don't want you to be mad at me for any reason, but also you're not right. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's a struggle. Oh, um, well, yeah. that goes back to you talking about being a um, a kid and um, more type A. Oh yeah, yeah. Totally. I mean, I can totally see that resonating Absolutely. with the one. Yeah. Yep. Totally. How about you, Jen? <laughs> That's amazing. Um, I'm a pretty solid three, um, and which is interesting. Not a whole lot of people like to cop to being a three, especially in the Christian world. If you're a girl, I feel like most of the people in my life are threes. Oh, that's really? interesting. Yes, that is interesting. Yes. Well, you're in leadership, in ministry. so that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you're surrounded by a lot of leaders, and yeah. so. Um, you know, my mom always said, all we really need to do is like dangle a gold star possibility <laughs> and you will say, how high do I jump to, yeah. to earn the prize? Um, and so I'm really motivated and I'm, I have really big ambitions and dreams, but I'm a two wing. And so that is the service arm of that, which keeps me from being an absolute monster. Um, and so I think that is how the wheels stay on in my career. Well, I think that's really fascinating for the stands you've taken to be mm-hmm. a three. I know. And to, I mean, because normally Ian Cron three... is convinced I'm an eight. And what? so he's always, t- he, I had him on my <laughs> podcast and yeah. he's an expert. Now and he's he, an eight, right? And he likes eights. His, <laughs> I don't think he's an eight, but his wife is, his mom is, his daughter is. So, I mean, I believe he's, he likes like, but likes yeah, well, you know how you know, he is. He's so gentle and he's lot. like, Jen, I would like to, this is in the middle of the podcast that we're recording. I would like to suggest to you that you might've, um, perhaps misdiagnosed yourself as a three and would you just consider the possibility that you were an eight? I was like, no, don't disorient my life. Like, I settled in. That's like the first rule of any Not room. to Don't type tell someone, someone their number. Exactly. Gosh, Thank you for backing me so, on that. Well, I would say then you must be a really um, healthy three. Mm. For sure. I mean, seriously, to be able to withstand the criticism yeah. or some people saying, okay, well, you know, I liked you until you did that. Um, because you've done that. And yeah. so to be able to do that, I think that is pretty significant for anybody, but particularly somebody who is a three. I, I think you would see my threeness in that if you could have seen up close and personal how it affected me. Oh, I'm sure. Like an eight would be like, bye. Well. And I was not that way. Yeah. I uh, It was devastating. devastating and long process to get to the other side of it and to feel healthy again. And so um, I didn't just kind of skip my way through that. But I like my convictions are so deep. I just cannot sideline it. Mm-hmm. I just cannot do it. So mm-hmm. there we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'm a shred of an eight. I'm not sure. Sprinkle. I don't know. Well, so I was. So I am an eight. You're an eight. Um, mm-hmm. And I was just talking with. Uh, we have a church member who uh, is actually certified in teaching Enneagram, and she and I were talking um, this past week. And so I would say that eights project by 
But then we go squall about it in a very safe place Good to point. like the one person that we trust enough to be that That's vulnerable. That's a great with. point. So I, I, I don't, I don't know who you are, Jen. Yes, <laughs> I know. But I would say at least for me being an eight, no, I, I have all of those um, feelings. Mm. I just, I'm going to really struggle to, ne- to necessarily share those. Yeah, publicly. Sure. Well, you know, threes vulnerable. are not very, um, they're not very self-aware. They're not very vulnerable either. So mm-hmm. I can see why those are two really powerful personality types, yeah. both of them. Mm-hmm. And neither do a great job of, uh, of vulnerability. No. So I don't mm-hmm. either. I, I struggle with that also mm-hmm. um, in both big and small ways. And so I have to work really hard to lay stuff out. I'm a, so I, pr- I protect. Got the, he's got the most fun. What number. are you? I'm a seven. Mm. Oh, fun times. Right. <laughs> All the fun. All the fun. Everybody loves a seven. Thanks, guys. You're yeah. welcome. Words of affirmation. Yeah, have, some, have some bacon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I wanted to be a seven. Yeah, I did. Yeah. When I first read the types, I'm like, oh, please let me be a seven. Well, so uh, as a seven, the other side of a seven is like you just get spread thin and because you like want to please people who like saying yes True. to things and then it's like oh crap I've not done anything good mm. and that's what makes me feel good mm. and so um, yeah, so is life mm. <laughs> it's not all fun and parties what do you think guys. your wing is? a six or an eight? a six mm. yeah yes. I'm not yeah not eight alright uh-huh. yeah Interesting. One Question. of those loyal sixes yeah, yeah. Okay. loyalty's really high yeah. on my okay. yeah so mm. Well, we are getting the eyes of it's time to go. Oh, <laughs> their eyes? No. They're coming through the window. Behind <laughs> <us>. <laughs> Chrissy. Chrissy's see. eyes. Like, it's time. No, she does not mess around, you guys. She is absolutely an eight. Well, so, awesome. well yes. thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank yes, y'all. Thank you. Oh, this, this has was great. been so fun. We really appreciate it. We, we love what you're doing. Thank you for hosting us. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for tonight. I know. Good night, you guys. Thank you.